Stay right there. Stay right there. Stay there. Stay there. This is my confidence. Do you have confidence this morning? You know, God isn't a God of only once is easy. Easy. I believe I'll see you do it again. Do you believe that he can do it again? He can do it again. God doesn't do it once. He goes, ah, oh, that's good enough. He goes. He goes. He'll do it again. He'll do it in your life again. No matter what you're facing this morning, he'll do it again. Do you know what? If he showed you himself, and maybe it's been a while, do you know what? He'll do it again. And again. And again. He's done a work in your finances. He'll do it again. He's done a work in your body. He'll do it again. He's done a work in your family. He'll do it again. He'll do it again. And again and again. And again. Because he's so good. He's so good. Just praise him for a minute. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I know that you'll do it again. I know that you'll do it again, Father. Father, not to paint you in a corner, but Father, to call on your grace, your mercy, your goodness. Know that you'll do it again. Know that you'll do it again. Father, glorify you this morning. Glorify. You know what? Let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. We stand before you, Lord, with open arms. Father, we come before your throne boldly because we have the confidence of Jesus Christ. But, Father, we thank you. We thank you for today. Father, I thank you for snow. Father, I thank you for what your son did on the cross. Yes, yes. Father, we glorify you. Glorify you. Thank you, Lord. Father, that you would be huge today and I would be ever so small. Glorify you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You know, we had, a, we had a word this morning. We had a word come come through before church maybe this may be you but it says that God is bigger than any circumstance rest in my word open your heart and listen to my voice I think that's speaking to somebody this morning hearken to my word and see my salvation For I am strong when you are weak. Peace, be still. Well, that's a really good word. That's a good word. It's such a good word. I think all of us can benefit from that word this morning. But if that word specifically for you, rest in that. Peace, be still. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Y'all can have a seat. Thank you all. Man, I'll tell you what, worship team, what a great job. What a great job today. Elijah, thank you. What a blessing that was this morning. Well, good morning. 
How is everybody this morning? Welcome Facebook. Good morning. We're glad that you joined us. We're not going to call you out because you didn't brave the snow this morning. I'm just teasing. But we do. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, my name is Mark Fellini. I get the honor of, uh, of being on staff here at Northern Colorado Cowboy Church. And, and you know, it's kind of fun because I get to work with some of the coolest people um, ever. And you guys think you work with cool people. I get to work with cool, holy people all the time. Okay, well, I get to work with cool people. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. I'm just teasing. But thank you all for being here. It's, uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun today. You know me, I like to have fun. My wife says I like to have too much fun. But there's an old country song out there that says I ain't never had too much fun. Some of you old people can relate to that. Well, you know, something that I kind of want to do really quick is, is I just I want to thank my wife. I know C.W. did this a while back and it just it inspired me. But I got to thank my wife for kicking me in the pants and... And making sure that that I'm staying right. No, you know, guys, there's everybody. Most of us here have a really good woman behind us and beside us. Um, and and I have a, an incredible wife. And I just I just want to thank you for for everything you speak into me. So I love you very much. So. And if you haven't met Amy, you're missing out. Amen. <laughs> All right. So did you know that I have a joke writer? I have, I have a joke writer for bad dad jokes. Um, we're going to get her on staff at some point in time. But so, uh, so why did God make one only one Yogi Bear? He tried to make a second one, but it was a boo-boo. You know, if this pastoral thing doesn't work out, I'm going on the road. Me and Joanne, we're going on the road. I'm going to just stand up and do dumb dad jokes. What do you call a lazy baby kangaroo? A pouch potato. And this one is specifically for me. What kind of exercises do lazy people do? Diddly squats. <laughs> so, uh, so I have to tell you something really funny. I think it's funny anyway. So, someone here at church, in whom we all know, she <clears throat> may have done the welcome this morning. I don't remember, but somebody at church challenged me that on my voicemail on my phone every week to add a dumb dad joke. So I've actually taken that on. I actually put a dumb dad joke on my voicemail on my phone every week. Yeah. It's fantastic. It is? It is. So sometimes I have people say, don't answer the phone. I just want to hear the joke. <laughs> actually, what I realize is like, I don't want to talk to you. I just want to hear what the joke this week is. <laughs> so, you know... <laughs> Something that in, in these series, I love doing these series. I love when, uh, when all of the pastors get to do this series or any of the series that we do here at church. But you know, something that I realized, 
I've noticed that I always follow Pastor Lynette. Talk about an onion in a petunia patch. I'm like, when they, when they showed me who was, you know, when, what the order was of us speaking, I'm like, crap, I got to follow Pastor Lynette. You don't know what kind of pressure it is to follow that powerhouse. I mean, seriously, I don't get to follow Greg. No, I'm, te- where's Greg? I was, I'm, I'm teasing. I just, I wish he was in here. Cause uh, Greg and I have, Greg and I are such brothers that we, we kind of do this. You know, we, we goof around like brothers a lot, but, but anyway, it's, it's such an honor to, to get to, to follow pastor Lynette. Um, just remember everything she said last week and, and rest on that. Me- no, I'm kidding. So. But, you know, so toward the end of her message, Pastor Lynette had, had quoted a scripture and had talked a little bit about it. So I want to, if you would, if you would open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 3.18. Um, I'm going to read out of the New King James. And it says, but we all with unveiled face... Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So I kind of, when, when she read that, I was listening to that and I thought, wow, that's, that's just so, there's so much there. There was so much said in that scripture. I wanted to take just a couple of minutes this morning. I want to unpack that scripture just a little bit. So that word, or the two words, unveiled face. Um, the unveiled face goes back to, uh, to Moses when he was speaking with God. So if you would go all the way back to Exodus 34, 29. And again, we'll read, uh, we'll read in the New King James, we'll read 29 and 30. And it says, Now it was so when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, and the two tables of the testimony were in Moses' hand when he came down from the mountain, that Moses did not know that the skin on his face shone while he talked with him. So when Aaron and all of the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. If you'll skip down to verse 33, and it says, And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out. And he would come out and speak to the children of Israel, whatever he had been commanded. And whenever the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone, then Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with him. Isn't that interesting? But you know, I got to thinking about something. Do you know, my wife can tell just by looking at me and talking to me for a couple of minutes whether I've been spending time in the Word. Whether I've been spending time with God. 
Have you ever been around with people? Have you ever been around people that you know that spend so much time in the word that you just, you can just see it on them and you can see when they're not spending time in the word. I, I am definitely one when I'm not spending time in the word. My wife knows it. Those around me know it because eh, I get, I'm a little more irritable. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not quite like I want to be. So the thing is, is, you know, you may be asking, well, how can we get an unveiled face? If you'll back up just a little bit in 2 Corinthians 3.16, it says, Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. See, if we'll turn to the Lord, he'll take away the veil, and we can be one of the we all. We can be one of the we all. See, that veil is intimacy. As I said just a minute ago, it's pretty easy to tell. Not really easy, but you can tell if someone's spending time in the Word. When you're spending time with God, when you're talking to God. But I'll ask you something. In that time that we're spending time with God, do we have a veil on our face? See, that veil being intimacy, when we're talking to God, are we keeping parts of us away from God? Sometimes only letting him, only allowing him into certain places in our heart. Think about that for a second. That if we go to him and we say, well, God will bring this to you, but this I'm going to hide. God knows it all anyway. But when we can come to him with an unveiled face and say, God, this is me. This is all of me. I'm holding nothing back. I'm not closing any doors of my heart to you, God. This is me, all me. See, I think if we can do that, that we will have a new uh, unveiled relationship with God. But I want to ask you something. How do you see God? Think about that for a second. How do you see God? Do you see God as a mean God? Waiting to whack you with something? To punish you for something? Or do you see him as a loving father with open arms? And he says, come here. Come sit on my lap. You know, I think about... Um, I think about discipline with our kids. You remember the old thing of you just wait till your dad gets home. <laughs> remember that? My, <laughs> my mom, I love my mom so much. Um, <laughs> my mom was, was pretty heavy. My mom had spent her whole life being really heavy. And, uh, so us as kids, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this, but as us as kids, uh, my mom could never catch us. And my mom wasn't one of those of wait till your dad gets home. <laughs> but let me tell you what, that woman had an arm on her. <laughs> remember Aquanet? Anybody remember Aquanet cans? Those suckers fly at about 90 miles an hour. <laughs> my mom, she'd take her shoe off. <laughs> She was deadly. 
You could be, you could be clean across the house. My mom, and she'd take a shoe off. Whack. She could get you with her shoe. So, so, but what I think, <laughs> that was free, by the way. But what I think about, though, is if we're afraid of God, can you really freely come to God? If your child, if, if your son or your daughter is afraid of you, will they come to you when they have problems? Will they come to you and say, man, mom, I made a mistake. Dad, I made a mistake. Man, oh man, I really screwed up this time. How do you view God? That you can go to him with anything? Or you have to hold some things back? I encourage you to have an unveiled face. Take the veil off. So now if we read a little bit further in that scripture, it says beholding in a mirror. So imagine you right now holding a mirror up. And you're looking in that mirror. Pastor Darren did a really cool thing one time with little mirrors and had us look into these mirrors. But think about for just a minute that you're looking into a mirror. What do you see? See, I'll tell you right now, I don't like mirrors. I don't. I don't like mirrors. The older I get, the less I like them. I'm just being honest. You know, it's an interesting thing. My grandmother on my dad's side, um, Never, ever looked at herself in the mirror. Ever. She'd brush her hair. She had beautiful, long, gray hair when I was a kid. But she would never look at herself in the mirror. But if you read that scripture, I had to scroll up just a little bit. Um, back in Second Corinthians, Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. So when you look in that mirror, do you see the glory of the Lord? Or do you see someone that goes, oh, uh, you're getting old, you're getting fat. <laughs> you're getting, you're, you're, do you remember when you did this? Did you see this? When you look at a mirror, do you see all of your flaws or do you see the glory of the Lord? Do you see the good things that God's doing in your life? Do you see only the negative things that God, or the, not just, or the negative things? Do you see the circumstances around you or do you see the glory of the Lord? Because the Bible says that we're made in his image, Right? Do you see that glory? See, you're a glorious creation. Even me, a glorious creation. You know, um, I've told a bunch of you this before. You may have heard this, but some of you may not have. But there's... Uh, there's about six years, there's six of us kids in my family, and there's about six years between each of us. Um, when I was born, I had a sister that was almost 18. <laughs> and I always tell everybody that was the average life of the television then. <laughs> I 
But I always, I always kind of wondered if I was a mistake. You know that? I really did. kind of wondered, was I a mistake? Only until I had an unveiled, intimate relationship with God that I realized I wasn't a mistake. That God's word says that you weren't a mistake. But that God's word says that he knew you before you were born. He knew you were in your mother's womb. That you weren't a happenstance. That you were planned. God planned you. But I want to read on in that. I want to scroll back up here. I'm trying new technology today, so just bear with me. (laughs) So as we read on, are being transformed into the same image so that word transformed that's that's the title of this series we're transformed so i looked up transformed and it says to make a thorough or dramatic change in the form appearance or character of to transform to metamorphose to transmute convert transmogrify boy that's a Mouthful. Transfigure mean to change a thing into a different thing. Transform implies a major change in form, nature, or function. But there's one that Pastor Lynette found, and I stole it from her. Brad, would you please put that one up? It says the induced or spontaneous change of one element into another by Nuclear process. Read that to you again. The induced or spontaneous change of one element into another by a nuclear process. You know, it's, I really believe that it's difficult to chart to change the core of a person. I think that. I believe, this isn't scientific, this is just me. I believe that a life-changing thing has to happen to change the core of a person. We can change outwardly. We can make some changes. Say, you know what, I'm going to make some lifestyle changes. I want to do that myself. I'm going to make some lifestyle changes. Some of them stick and some of them don't. But the core of a person really, really, rarely changes. Why? Because it's, our, it's who we are. It's the core of who we are. It's our DNA. But when you, made, when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, that DNA changes. Do you know that? So then the nucleus, when you accept Christ, it, it's, it's a nucleus change. It's a nuclear change. It's not just a, I'm going to think it in my head. And some, of, some, some do. I did. When I accepted Christ, I didn't feel any big warm fuzzies. They patted me on the back and said, Whoo, good job, see ya. Only until... Only until I made him my Lord is when I changed. Is when things started to change for me. I went from him being my savior to being my Lord. 
So a lot of times we say Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Is he your Lord or is he your Savior? When he becomes your Lord, a nuclear change will happen in your life. So I got to look at electrical transformers. I wish I was. I wish Eric were in here. I could. I could talk to him about this. But so an electrical transformer actually changes electricity from one form to another type of electricity. It changes the voltage. It changes the amperage. It transforms electricity from one to, from unusable to usable. When we make the decision to make Jesus our Lord makes us from unusable to usable. He makes us from... Because all the transformers that we see on all the power lines, the electricity before that is unstable. It's unusable. Once it hits a transformer, it transforms it into stable and usable. So when you make Jesus... Not just your Savior, but when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, when you make Jesus the, your Lord, you become stable and usable. Amen. Stable and usable. You know, I just have to tell you, and sometimes I get emotional when I think about this. But none of that was in my notes. And I think that of everything in the whole wide world, God will speak to me. And he'll speak to you. It makes me, uh, that makes me emotional sometimes. But you know, some of you may know my story and some of you may not. But um, I was a pretty wild child. Um, I was probably more than a wild child. There's people sitting in here that knew me a long time. And um, I spent a lot of time in here before it was a church. I spend more time in here now, but... (laughs) But I... I did a lot of things for effect. I was kind of one of those guys that uh, would dance on the table, slide down the rails, walk on the pool tables, walk down the bar. Um, And I I, I wasn't proud of myself. I was then because I was, I thought I was, I was the whole life of the party and I did all those things and. Pastor Lynette reminded me of a story. Um, we went down to the armory. We were when we were looking for a church. We went down to the armory. Does anybody remember the armory down there? Remember, they used to have an airplane that hung in the armory. Yeah, I've been in that airplane. Um, <laughs> I'm not proud of it. But you know, so we went down to the armory to look to see if we could possibly change it into a church, in which. Um, it actually is the church now, but we went there and I could go in certain spots and remember certain things that I'd done in these certain spots. And I was telling Pastor Lynette, I'm like, yeah, I remember there used to be a plane right there. 
And we threw out stuff. There was a flag and there was some t-shirts and there was other stuff in that. And we threw them out because we got up on the bar. And these things, I could remember these things that we had done in this bar. And I just wasn't, I wasn't a good person. I really wasn't. And I came to Christ June 19th, uh, 2001. I came to Christ. And there for a little while, nothing really, nothing really changed for me. As I'd said earlier, they patted me on the back and said, hey, good job, see ya. I started, uh, <laughs> I started, uh, I'll have to, I'll, I'll back up just a little bit. We were boarding a horse for a gal, and some of you have heard this story as well. We're boarding a horse for this gal at the house, and uh, Amy and I had been looking for a church, and we hadn't, couldn't find a church, and we'd been to a few, and Amy, or this, this person that was boarding us, horse there, she said, well, you need to come to my church. I said, yeah, uh, well, what's your church? It's a cowboy church. I don't want to go to no cowboy church. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 you really need to go. You really need to go to this church. And I'm like, you know what? I've been the cowboy church route, and I really don't necessarily want to go to a cowboy church. No, you have to. And she kept hounding us. And what you kind of have to understand, and and a lot of you do, but if you have a particular lifestyle, you don't necessarily have to go to an event that is only that lifestyle. So it's like, you know, that's what I love about our church is that we're not all about, you know, just cowboy. We're a little more 2020 cowboy. (laughs) So anyway... We came and sat down on a Tuesday night and realized that this is where we needed to be. So what I'm trying to tell you is I was a first-time visitor at Cowboy Church one time. (laughs) So, okay. But the thing is, is, the story that I wanted to tell you is as things started to change in my life, as I started to remove the veil... From my face, and I started to have intimacy with God, things started to change in my life. But I had a buddy of mine, I love him. I love this guy. I love him still today. And he'd call me up and he'd go, Hey, Mark, do you remember this one time that you did X? And I'm like, Yep. And oh, man, do you remember when you did this? Do you remember how cool that was? Yeah. That was so much fun. Do you remember how much fun we had? I do. But what I was trying to explain to him and that I couldn't quite get him to grasp is I was different now. I was different. Everything on the outside looked the same. Everything was the same on the outside. But everything on the inside was changing. God in me started to do changes. I was allowing God to start to change some things. So if we read on in that scripture, transformed from glory to glory, from glory to glory. Those are the words that Pastor Lynette said last week that stood out to me. From glory to glory. You know, Pastor Darren, some years ago, asked, asked me, asked a couple of us, but asked me, he says, so what excites you in ministry? 
Actually, his exact words are, what makes your baby kick? (laughs) And you know what makes my baby kick? What excites me in ministry is seeing people grow in relationship with God. I love seeing people grow in relationship. So they're for here for how long now? For a few months, a couple of months, we've been speaking about personal revival. Personal revival is such a great thing, isn't it? You know, the thing is, see, I had a little bit of a, I, I'm going to stand up here before you and tell you that I had a little bit of a, of a different view of revival. I didn't, I honestly didn't understand a hundred percent what revival was. What I imagined revival is what I've read about these tent revivals and people are dancing around and being all crazy. And that was what I thought was, was revival. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not there yet. But you know, as we've been speaking about personal revival, I got to thinking about maybe somebody here, maybe somebody listening or watching this morning said, you know, I love personal revival and I think that's cool, but man, I'm just trying to stay in the boat right now. You know, with everything that's going on right now, personal revival could look different for a lot of us. And you know what I was thinking of when I got to thinking and praying about personal revival, about revival in general, what God showed me is a person on a gurney in the last minutes of their life. And nurses and doctors doing everything they can to what? Revive them. Revive them. If we can revive the dead, if we can revive the dying, wow. How cool is that? But I want to show you some personal revivals in each of our lives that we seem to, that we can forget sometimes. But remember we said earlier that receiving Jesus was a nuclear process. Our old life was not so glorious. Mine wasn't. I thought it was then. Well, my old life wasn't glorious. But my new life is glorious. From glory, not so glorious. To glory. You know, maybe you were baptized. Glory to glory. Maybe you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Glory to glory. You know, some of you may have decided to start reading the Bible. Glory. Glory. Made the decision to read the Bible. Made the, made the decision to read the Bible maybe uh, every once in a while, once a week. Maybe that decision to read it twice a week. The decision to read a proverb a day. Glory. So maybe, just maybe, you got rid of an old habit. Glory. Maybe you stopped smoking. Glory. 
Maybe you had anger problems and that things just set you off and you gave them a piece of your mind. And you know what? And God took that anger from you, right? Glory, glory, glory to glory to glory to glory. Are you seeing the pattern? You know, I, I will tell you, when I came to Christ, I could make a sailor blush. I could, and I'm not bragging about it, but my mouth was terrible, horrid, 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 horrid. And you know what? I asked God, God, please, I don't, I, I don't want to use profanity. And you know, and I'm not bragging, but I can smash my thumb and 99.9% of the time I won't cuss. Glory, though. Think about that. Glory. 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 You know what? These are just little things. You know, the thing is, is, is like I said, uh, personal revival is a great thing. But it doesn't have to be a huge, over-the-top thing. It can be these things that we're going from glory to glory. You know, the thing is, is I know that God doesn't sit still. God's forever moving. That's why it says, from glory to glory. From glory to glory. You know, the thing is, is you may used to have had a pornography addiction. And you... Beat that pornography addiction. Glory. Glory. You know, the thing is, is there may be things overeating. And the thing is, is these things aren't necessarily, some of the things I'm talking about aren't necessarily sinful. But it's from glory to glory. It's taking you, it's moving you to more intimacy with God. Removing that veil. And I'll tell you right now. If you're dealing with some of these things, if you're dealing with pornography, you're dealing with addiction, remove the veil. God already knows. God knows. You know, the thing is, is I, I just thought of this. Those of you that have kids, if they broke something and you know that they broke it, what do you want? Just want them to come to you, right? Just come to me. Hey, Dad, I broke a lamp. I broke your drill. I did something. You already know it, right? You just want him to come to you and tell you, right? God wants the same thing from you. He just wants you to come and tell him, hey, I messed up. You know, Romans 12, 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world by being transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But as we behold the glory of God, we'll be transformed. See, earlier in 2 Corinthians, it says, beholding. Beholding. And I told you to look in the mirror. But that word beholding, as I studied the word beholding out, beholding doesn't mean a casual glance. 
Beholding as in a mirror says looking and studying and seeing. But if you will behold what's in the mirror, you'll see the glory of God. See, God changes our lives and he'll change us from the inside out. But that transformation that we desire, see, I want, I want to look to change, look to transform because I want to, not because I have to. See, and, and God, God wants you to come to him in that way, that to not change, to not transform because you have to, not out of guilt, not out of pressure, not because I'm up here saying that you should. God wants you to transform because he wants you, because you want to. Again, not because I'm pressuring you or telling you that you should. But you know what doesn't happen right away? That transition can take a little bit of time. That transition, that transformation can take a lifetime. It's a lifelong process. 2 Corinthians 4.16 through 18 in the Message Bible says this. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart on us. On the inside where God is making new life. Not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. The lavish celebration prepared for us, there's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see now will last forever. The things we can't see now will last forever. You know, for you men in here and men watching, you know, the thing is, is, is we have a group of us men on the Version Bible app. Does anybody have the Version Bible app? So I want to invite you guys to something. Is we have since March, we've been doing... Uh, daily Bible studies. It starts with a devotional, there's some scripture reading, and then there's an opportunity for us to interact. So if you have the YouVersion Bible app, um, you have to create a login. You have to create a, a, a login. So do me a favor, create a login, sign in, and then friend me. If you would, friend me, And I'll invite you to these studies. These studies have been a great thing. And you know what? Your glory to glory can be, you know what? I'm going to commit to doing a men's study. You can comment. You don't have to comment. We, uh, we, We get, it's great interaction. There's great accountability that comes with it. So you know what? Your glory today could be that, you know what? I'm going to start reading the Bible. But I want to read 2 Corinthians 3.18 out of the Chick Bible. I'm sorry, out of the Passion Translation. 
I'm sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Is that the new term now? Sorry, not sorry. Second Corinthians three eighteen in Passion Translation says, "We can all draw close to Him with the veil removed from our faces, and with no veil we all become like mirrors, who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured, or transformed, into His very image." As we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is spirit. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Father, we thank you and we praise you for today. God, I thank you. I thank you for this church. Father, I thank you for the people sitting here this morning. Father, I thank you for those that have joined us via our online campus. Father, those that are listening via podcast. God, I just ask you, just bless them. Just bless them, God. And Father, we we just thank you for all you're doing in our lives. Father, I pray for our country. Father, I pray for those who lead us, Lord. Father, I pray that they would turn their faces to you. God, I pray that that you would speak to them, Lord. And if there's anyone sitting here this morning watching or listening via podcast that's never made the decision to follow Jesus, This morning's your opportunity. It's a simple yes. It's a simple yes. Yes, Jesus, I'll follow you. But I want to go one step further. For those of you listening this morning, for those of you watching again online, have you made Jesus Christ your Lord? Not just your Savior, but your Lord. I encourage you this morning. Make that decision. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Lord, not just my Savior, but you're my Lord. I submit my life to you. I submit my life. I submit my will to you, Jesus. Father, again, we thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.